0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 440, recorded on April 9th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the Average Tech Tech I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average guy.tv studios here. Mike, a super windy Bellevue, Nebraska. No like, kidding. Holy cow. Today, something's coming. I think they're talking snow for Easter here, right? I mean, how, how,
1: We live we, we from snow to like 70-degree days, and now apparently snow again. I don't know how all that comes ah, together, but it's uh, that's Nebraska for you. If you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes.
0: It's, it's exactly right. Of course, we'll post the show with world-class show notes, and you'll want to catch these show notes. There'll be some good ones out there at the TV. Don't forget, you can also join us live on our mobile app and uh, is streaming both uh, on Android and iPhone. Maybe you just want to listen to us. I mean, you can find us in any podcast app, too. But if you just want to listen to us, and actually, this is the best way if you want to listen live into the stream, just put it on your phone. You never know when you're going to need it. Just like the Bud Light that I have in case of an emergency, you never know when you're going to need it. So get that downloaded, HomeGadgetGeeks.com. I, I didn't, I didn't even, mic, I should have had the prop
1: uh, yeah, Darn I'm surprised Hold you didn't. On. You've taken over my role it's of having the emergency emergency really beer. beer on it's the show. In the, so.
0: It's in the emergency beer fridge right there. In in case of emergency. Again, air quotes, open,
1: emergency beer fridge. It's
0: open. his go-to beer fridge, guys. <laughs> Don't let him fool you. <laughs> Break glass. And, uh, of course, you can download the app, HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Uh, we've been, uh, you're probably listening to this. Maybe some of you are listening to us because you heard uh, of this podcast through the Unraid Forums. Uh, thanks to Spencer, who spent a bunch of time promoting this, us this week. But John Panazzo is back uh, with us. He was here about a year ago, John, I want to I want to say, I think as around a year ago. Does that sound right?
2: Yeah, about a year.
0: But yeah. No. And we just had the best time with you. Uh, well, let me just say that was super fun. And I, I think I asked you at the time, if I asked back, you'd say, what'd you say? And you'd say yes. And so we did. And so welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks.
2: Absolutely. I had a blast last time as well. Looking forward to tonight.
0: Good to have you. Above him and over this way on my side is, of course, Tony Rayner. Tony is a champion. Tony, like, I got to say this. I'm just going to say it publicly because you're so good. You are the Home Gadget Geeks champion in, in social and around the world. Like Nobody promotes us on a consistent basis and enjoys what we do more than you. So, Tony, thanks and welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Oh, Thanks. Good to, good to have you on and uh, good to be here. We, uh, we're we going to talk some Unraid. And of course, John, I think it's kind of hard to get around the fact that in April 2020, we're in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic crisis going on around the world. It's it's affecting everybody. This has been one of the weird things about this um, this pandemic. And I guess that's what the word pandemic means. But is that everybody's experiencing the same thing kind of at the same time. Now, that's not totally true, right? It's going in waves. But for for the most part, especially here in the West and in, in Europe, we're all kind of going through this thing together, which is really kind of odd. As we think about what's going on, you guys are at Unraid, you guys are kind of distributed around. How is it affecting uh, you guys? And is it having, is it having much an effect on your workload or your developers or the community? Give us an update.
2: Uh, you know, not too much. Uh, we do have one of our new hires that is actually stuck in Vietnam right now because he can't get back into the country. Uh, and he was touring the world and checking out all these different countries. And then this happened I'm like, you couldn't have picked a worse time to go on a world tour. You really couldn't have like anytime in the last 10 years and probably anytime in the next 10 years, you're going to be fine this year. That sucks, but thankfully, uh, you know he's he's a remote worker. He's able to do what he needs to do, and he's in a beautiful place. Vietnam's absolutely gorgeous. Some of the pictures he's shown us is just breathtaking. Um, but from a company standpoint, not not too bad, you know. Honestly, um, I think that a good majority of the people that use Unraid are techies that are already working from home, and if anything. This gives them more time to dink around with their servers and try to get things more optimized. So, uh, you know, we're really not seeing a huge impact to the business as far as sales go or anything like that. Uh, but, yeah, our community is definitely affected just like everybody else in the world. And we've got plenty of folks out there that that either are infected or know someone that's infected. So it's, it's a scary time. Uh, but thankfully... One of our, our uh, community developers, a guy that goes by the handle of Squid. Hi, Andrew. Uh, he has done an amazing job of promoting the use of two really awesome applications built into Unraid uh, that are f- Docker containers, actually, um, that help with finding a cure, finding a vaccine. Basically, if you guys are familiar with SETI at Home, Folding at Home, Boink, any of those types of apps. All it is is a research project where your computer just downloads tons of these jobs locally, and then it treats this giant mesh network of computers as a giant supercomputer, figuring out and rendering these proteins and 3D models so that researchers, scientists, doctors can analyze it and try to figure out a way to beat this thing. So um, he promoted it pretty aggressively. It's like if you go to our community apps plugin, it's the first two containers you'll see on the top there. Uh, We pushed out a big notice to everybody so that they could see it. And there's just tons of people in the Unraid community that are helping. So for everyone out there that's doing that, thank you. And if you're not, go into community apps right now, download those containers, and help find the cure. Let's do we, it.
0: If you're not a part of the community and you're joining us, uh, maybe, like I said, maybe you came in through the announcement on the forums there. We do have a Home Gadget Geeks team. So if you want to join that, 243-306, three, three, oh, folding at home. Two, again, 243-306 two, three, three, oh, gets you in the team. I think, Mike, since last week and, and a little bit later in the show, maybe I'll show the stats on that. I think we picked up five or six or seven last week in there. I think I counted 19 or something um, along those lines in that group.
1: Yeah, 19. And man, some of our top users are like killing it too. We got we added a bunch of people and you can tell people are adding in like, oh, hey, I got an extra GPU over here. I got an extra CPU over here. Because all of a sudden certain people are making like drastic jumps yeah. in the standings as we go. <laughs> it's been a lot, like it's a fun little race. And we have a, a, a conversation going over in Discord. And I think every morning everyone's checking in with, okay, I got two GPUs running. I got you know three or four. And we're all having some friendly competition. So yeah, if you haven't joined, I'm actually running the Folding at Home Uh, Docker container on my Unraid, and I'm actually monitoring it. The great part, if you guys don't know, is you can monitor it from a different computer. So you can use the Folding at Home app if you have it set on a different computer. So I run it on this rig right now because I have a more powerful GPU here. So I run it here and on Unraid, and I'm monitoring both from the advanced view Uh, of fully at home. So I can go and check anytime I want how my Unraid box is doing. Currently, if you guys are just in it for the fun, it's got five hours and 41 minutes left for a job. That's going to get me 132,000 credits. Uh, I just run one GPU. I run a 1060 on the Unraid box. Uh, is how I is what I run with it. So not that we're competitive so at all. About not this. that we're
0: competitive at all. I'm just letting you know that's what we're working uh, with. Over here. It, no, it's pretty great. SPX Labs in the chat says, um, oh, we lost John. We'll get him back here in a second. Uh SPX Labs says can't leave the Unraid folding team. No worries. No worries, SPX. You can you, you can you can stay with it. We don't we don't really care if you're on our I mean we do. We'd love to have you on our team, but we just want you to do with it. Yeah, so we just we want everyone on that. it.
1: Who cares what team you're on? We just do it as a team because a lot of our members hadn't joined it at all. But we totally get that Unrate has their own team, uh, that a bunch of different YouTube. So just get on it and be on it, and that's the main. Tony, have you,
0: have you jumped in on this thing yet? Have you have you decided to uh, to join us in this space? No, if you see my Twitter feed, I have a
3: never ending list of honeydew projects, man.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we'll, we'll let you, we'll let you off the hook on that one. Um, John, are you familiar with the Unraid team? Is it, is it pretty large? Do you you track that at all for this?
2: Huge. I actually sent in the private chat here, links to both uh, our folding at home and the Boink teams that we have. Yeah, they're, they're they're pretty big, yeah. they're pretty big, and and Eric, one of our developers, who also happens to be, I guess, our Midwest data center in his basement, uh, has just a ton of servers and multiple Threadripper rigs that are just, wow. I mean, his house, he doesn't even have to turn the heater on in his house. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. I yeah. mean, he's just pumping out. The, the cycles on this thing. So yeah, yeah, we've got a ton of people, and we're very appreciative of everybody that's helping with this thing. Yeah,
0: no, no pressure to move. We don't want you to. We're just excited about that going on. I really kind of hope, John, that we we find something that's helpful, and then I'm I'm kind of hoping that comes back through. Tony, do you think if they do find something on that, and the, the, it would come back through with a blog post or something? Would you would, oh, would you sure. think that you think that might happen?
3: Yeah, I think there's already like say some uh, experimental. Uh, Vaccines for Corona out there already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's know,
0: just the, go ahead.
3: Oh, oh now I say you know anywhere there's money to be made. Oh,
0: pharma, yeah.
3: Yeah. I did pharmaceutical research for ten years. Let me tell you. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> I yeah. um I just hope like John Biggs, who mm-hmm. was talking to me, he's like, hey, I sure hope we hear about like if it does, if this does help. I think it'd be super great to hear. I know they'd be afraid to say something because then you know may, maybe because. You know, before this took off with 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 COVID, I mean, they were trying to do cancer research with it, with yeah. Parkinson's, cancer, Parkinson's, some of those kinds. And you know, they were like, I don't know, 20, 20, 40,000, something, and it went to like four hundred thousand when mm-hmm. COVID came up. So, anyways, we hope we hear about it. And so, so John, um, thanks for doing that. If folks, so they're new to Unraid, maybe they're setting up an Unraid server. They they just go to where do they go to get that Docker to to be able to do this?
2: So if you've already got the plugin called Community Apps installed mm-hmm. on your server, you just need to click on that Apps tab, and those containers are going to be promoted right at the top. If you don't have it, just go to Google, type Community Apps Unraid, and it's the very first search result. You'll find the plugin and how to install it. It's very simple.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a sweet little uh, that's a sweet little app on there because it kind of puts it's everything amazing. together for you, right?
2: yeah i mean it's it's also kind of a testament to how we as a company kind of grow the product because that wasn't even originally designed by us that is the work of a guy in the, again in the community by the name of squid Andrew and he he's an awesome guy and we built the way we built docker supporting the Unrate originally to be quite honest was not built with an app store in mind it was more of you add these template repos and it was all it's kind of complicated and it didn't have like the friendly app store interface to it, but it was built in such a way that we knew we could do that eventually. Well, before we even get a chance to write a line of code of it, this guy Squid comes out and says, I got it. I got it, guys. And he's been maintaining it ever since. And he's just so, so important to us because, you know, every app that someone wants to add in there, he's reviewing it. He's going through making sure doing due diligence against it, making sure it's listed correctly, making sure it's being supported correctly. So, you know, it's one thing to just say, hey, this is just an aggregate of all the Docker containers out there. But this is somebody who's actually taking the time to curate that and present it in a way and make it really easy for people to take advantage of. So Squid, I love you, brother. You're cool. good, man. No. I
1: agree. I, I didn't know that. Okay, so Squid, I've seen him in the forums all the mm. time, and I didn't know he was the one who who built it. But here's oh, yeah. what i tell you. from a From a new user perspective, someone who installed Unraid, the thing I love about community applications is it let me get into Docker in a very friendly way. I had never built a Docker container. I had never done any of that. But ever since I've done that, I'm like, okay, this... That got me, that dipped my toes in the water. And then I started experimenting. It gave me the um, experience I needed and the confidence, yeah. yes, to kind of go out and do it on my own. So, man, uh, yeah, applaud Squid for putting that in there because that really let me dive into Docker deeper than I ever would have. If I had never had just an intro to it, uh, but I've really actually, to be honest, I've never had two for Unraid because they're all there. All the best things you need are in CA. Uh, it's a, uh, I, would, I would call it an essential first step to installing yeah. Unraid is getting community applications
2: up and running. Couldn't agree more, Mike.
0: Spencer says about 4,000 spread, uh, spread across uh, the teams. And then uh, Michael says he uses downtime to build an Unrate server. So nice job, Michael, on that, uh, running both Folding at Home and the Rosetta. By the way, I should just say, too, there are Windows apps available. I've got it running. My GPUs are in other machines. not They're not in my Unrate server. So and my Unrate server is not very powerful. It, it, for me, it was better to put a Windows install it on Windows boxes, get it running on those four GPUs that I have in my Windows boxes and make them available. That way, World Community Grid has also announced a COVID project. So that's awesome. Uh, SPX says community apps is absolutely amazing and it's a must have. And I agree. Oh, and by the way, Andrew says he's blushing.
2: <laughs> that's Squid. Yeah, that's, awesome. squid right there. that's Squid. Andrew Z is Squid. So, we have
0: Squid out here. That's fantastic. I'm Super glad you're cool. watching, buddy. Super cool. Well, we appreciate the community here on Home Gadget Geeks. We're kind of all about the community. Really, we've been together, again, if you're new to us, we've been together, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years, started this home server show. So we all started kind of in this home server environment, Dave McCabe, who's now doing Reset. And over the last decade, of have all just kind of hung out together. And I think we're the best community in the world and a great place to hang out. Everybody's kind to one another. So if you you came in on that and you need a community to join, we're no pressure here. You're not going to get anything. We just hang out and it's a, a lot of fun uh, to be together. So thanks for joining us tonight.
2: You're selling your stuff L- short, Jim. You get Don entertainment. L- <laughs> you get entertainment.
0: You do. It's free you entertainment. Do. <laughs> and great beer
1: picks. I just have probably the, one of the best parts of our show. Come for the pre-show and get the beer picks at least. Yeah, just come out, come
0: out early. And if you want to send us a beer, you can do the same thing as well. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Not I was that saying I'm that, I'm that without that. saying that, yeah. <laughs> John, let's, let's catch up with, uh, with you and what's going on. We had you on about a year ago. I uh, kind of want to ask you, since the last time we had you here, kind of catch us up with, with what, what do you guys been doing? What are you excited about? What, what, uh, what do you want to talk about as far as where you've been since then? And then we'll look at future stuff here in another, co- in another question.
2: Sure. I mean, the biggest thing to really talk about as far as where things have been in the last year is how much we've grown as a business. I mean, we've really expanded pretty dramatically. I mean, just a few years ago, we were really three guys and one contractor remote, and that was it. Um, We've expanded pretty dramatically. We have a full-time staff of five now, and we've expanded the number of contractors pretty dramatically. In fact, after tonight's call, I have another call. With the team globally at nine o'clock, that's I have to do that because we got people in Australia that are dialing in, people in Vietnam that are dialing in, and people stateside. So um, it's it's just awesome to see the team continue to grow because as we grow, it just lets us take on more projects and get more detailed in the product itself.
0: Has the you 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 kind of alluded to this a second ago um, with with this COVID and with people having more time? Has it changed? Like, are you are you seeing more community involvement? Just as people, because like I know I'm more involved in our Discord group because I'm sitting, I sit here, (laughs) like I can I can be more involved in it. Whereas before I didn't at at work I wouldn't I wouldn't do Discord there just because it was kind of distracting. It's still distracting here, but I'm doing it more because I'm here. Are you seeing any of those? Even even if it's just A little bit. Are you seeing some changes in in participation?
2: Um, You know what? Honestly, that's something we should probably look into is see how much our forum activity has changed. I mean, from a sales standpoint, our business is on the same trajectory. So we haven't seen any impact negative or positive there. It's just been the same, which is fine. It's great. Uh, But from a forum participation standpoint, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more people uh, participating, creating new topics, asking for help to configure different applications, things like that, because that's what what else are you going to do? You know, there's only so many times you can watch the same TV show on Netflix before you're like, <laughs> I want to stream something from the server I built.
0: So, yeah. 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 Did you, do you find that um, during times like this, let's, let's go back. to was, you think about your company and, and some of the things you're doing. Have, did you guys have to change anything, communication, any of those kinds of things or because of the way co- the community is already kind of distributed uh, it, did it just, is it kind of just a business as
2: usual? It's business as usual really for us. I mean, we, we've, Nothing's really changed operationally day to day. Nothing's really changed with how we interact with people or provide support to people. Um, You know, I used to go to our CTO's house. Uh, once a week to work on different projects and stuff. Obviously not doing that right now because we're all just staying at home. Uh, but you know, VPNs are a wonderful thing. And so we can get remoted into wherever we need to be and get whatever work we need to get done done. So, And thankfully, I'll show you a fun little gadget that's going to make you guys geek out a little bit. So I just picked this up actually from our CTO today. So anybody that's wondering what this is, this is actually a test dev workstation or test dev rig. Uh, so basically it's a little Celeron processor. Believe it or not, has an NVMe port on the bottom of it, so you can even slide an NVMe, has support for, looks like, uh, two SATA connections, and provides SATA power, with no PSU, no, like, the PSU is, where is it? It's It looks like an old laptop, Charger. So we have uh, a handful of folks that we need to provide development machines to, and this is how we do it. We build these little boxes. Well, Eric builds these little boxes for us. Um, you know, again, a little four-core Celeron, but it's more than enough to run unrate. and I, I love this thing. This is so much fun. It's almost, reminds me of like a Raspberry Pi, but a full-blown Intel x86 version of it.
1: Even so, dual NIC, too, on there, on that tiny yeah. board. Yeah, right?
2: Look at I that. I come on.
1: USB Can't... 3, dual NIC, I mean, that, that's the works H- on a tiny HDMI little board.
2: HDMI and Port.
1: How about that? <laughs> That's more than my <laughs> gaming rig motherboard has. Yeah, to be honest. Sorry,
0: <laughs> so, I mean, now I, I don't you even can't get show that those. John, can can we buy those? I mean, is that is that commercially available? somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that?
2: what. I'll have to get the link from Eric. Um, okay. And you guys can maybe talk about it on the next podcast, so I can tell you what yeah. you actually have to buy. But this is just a, a standard PC, so it just boots up like a standard PC. Throw the Unraid stick in there, load it up, you're good to go. I mean, granted, this is not a NAS by. Most people standard, you only have two hard drive connections. But if you just want a little test dev rig and want something to play around with and not mess around with your production systems, this is great. But you know what?
1: There is a use case for that. Um, I'll use my parents as an example. I have them set up with just like a two-bay Synology because they don't need like – There you go. Anything like they really don't, but I have so many things that they've been they've seen in my house that I run. You know, certain Docker containers, things. I'm like, I just need something very simple for you. That right there is the perfect use case for someone that just really they just need a dual, you know, two eight terabyte hard drives, you know, in in RAID and then they're fine or not in RAID, sorry, in unraid and uh and, and they're good, right? Right because it looks
0: like it'd be a great firewall. And
1: that's uh, a very good point. Also, a great you, firewall. You could run you know how much a VM done? on there and run PFNs.
2: I'm finding out right now. I'm actually okay. messaging Eric while we're talking, and I don't have. I should. I should have had more info for you. If I'm going to be with a gadget, I better be able to know what it is, right?
1: Can't <laughs> come on. In the, a the show, show title, come on, John. Home gadget geeks. If bring you bring a gadget go. on, we're going to geek out on
3: it
2: for a little bit. All right. um, Eric will probably message me back in a minute here, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is.
3: Yeah, that's a good question, John. You know, I have a couple of nooks just sitting around. You know. Um, so this I think I looked into a little bit. You just run it from a stick, you know, insert it into the nook and a couple of external hard drives, you're good to go.
2: Yeah, and it it is an O uh an H two. I think somebody in the who guessed it? Somebody guessed it in here. I thought I saw somebody in the get in the chat say H two, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: I don't see it in there yet. In the um, private
2: chat? You know, in the private chat. Oh, I, I, pasted, I pasted a link to oh, it in the private chat. there you go. Yeah, The inventory is okay. hard to come by, but it's about $111 for that little unit. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure, yes, there was somebody who asked the question, if you can use the NVMe port if you're using both SATA ports. I believe so. Um, I'll have to test that out later tonight because I'm, I'm going to be playing with this later. So I'll find out. But I'm pretty sure you can. I'm pretty sure you can use all three.
0: Okay. I'm going to post this in the chat. We'll have it available in the show notes as well. If that last link, John, that you put in there, I think gets you there right at the, the, uh, hard the, kernel. Yep, H- yep. H2, right. is Yep. What, yep okay. Perfect. $111.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, that's in there, you know, so John, the last time you were on, um, you know, I've tried Unraid a couple times, Mike Howard, who I think, we had Mike on. Did we have Mike on, Tony, last time? Yeah, or you did. Yeah, oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, because remember, I was like, you can't have right without Mike <laughs> yeah. Howard. I had to call you out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I was hoping I maybe I'd forgot that part on purpose. But um, the uh, you know, after the show, I tried it. And it, it struggled with it a little bit just to get all the hardware configurations right for me. And so I kind of let it sit for a while. And we didn't talk about it for a while. And then Weger came back because Weeger is Uyghur. <laughs> and he's like god you got to get on unraid and so i was like all right i'll give it another shot and i and i have to say like the documentation's gotten better the the um, or be- when i say better not that it was that bad before but just I, as i think about kind of the average guy doing this the tools to put all that stuff on a drive or on a thumb drive you know and then it just boots right up and then you're in and then the 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 community app support and then all those pieces I was up and running and doing a bunch of things on this server within an hour. It was crazy how good that setup experience has gotten. Has that kind of been something you guys have been targeting? Even the dashboard was better than I remembered from the last time I was in. Have you guys been intentionally kind of targeting that setup experience?
2: Absolutely. And you're going to see that in, even more in the future. I mean, the the thing with Unrate is that it is pretty simple to get started right now. You just, you have to know what to do. Once you know what to do, the amount of time that it takes is yeah. really minimal. Uh, but we are going to be making some major improvements to that. I uh, will say a wizard is in the future, uh, something that most applications have nowadays, uh, that's going to make things a lot easier uh, to configure. But nowadays, honestly, most people that go to set up their first system, they go pull up some YouTube video and it might be Linus. Sebastian, it might be uh, somebody from uh, Space, Invader uh, One. Space Invader 1, right? Good old yeah. <laughs> he taught me
1: everything I know about Unraid.
2: <laughs> he is awesome. We have such a good relationship with Ed, and he's just such a smart and really great guy. And he, he honestly... I know that somebody had a question in the community about it. Well, I'll say for you, you bring it up later, but I'll just say this: Ed is the best content creator when it comes to Unraid. I mean, he just does such a great job, and he and he figures out the most difficult stuff that that we just wouldn't have had the time to figure out. So like running
1: on a Raspberry Pi, didn't he just put out a video this past week on how he got, how he kind of got it to run on a Pi? Like it wasn't even the it wasn't even that people want to do that. It was just the proof of concept and seeing his brain work and how he got that to work was just a super cool process. Just seeing yeah. his process. Uh, it, it, it sparks
0: that creativity in all the rest of us Unraid users.
2: For sure, for sure.
0: Let's, uh, John, let's go right to that question uh, since you since you brought it up. I think it was uh, Shinta, Sh- Shinta Saint in the, in the forum said, My question is, will Unraid team ever consider a subscription service with video tutorials like Space Invader? I appreciate the work and are very grateful for it. But sometimes I feel I prefer to get guidance from the people that design the OS or individuals authorized by Unraid for the community to assist a noob, and that's that's a guy like me too, users who are getting more advanced dockers or features set up more quickly? That's the question. Any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, so we I'm a while ago, before Ed started really cranking out the content, he was always a member of the community and always trying to help out in any way that he can. Uh, but before that, we started putting videos up on our own YouTube channel on basic things like how to manage game libraries or how to set up a Windows 10 VM. And then we saw Ed and we started <laughs> asking ourselves, Why are we wasting time creating content when this guy is so much better at it, so much faster at it, and digs into topics that we didn't even think about? So to be quite honest, I just don't see us needing to do that. We, we already work with Ed pretty closely and give him ideas on, on videos that we'd like to see him do. Or well, like, for example, we've got a new release that's coming out pretty soon here. I'm not going to spoil anything for him, but we, we kind of asked him ahead of time, hey, do you want to do something to kind of show this stuff off? And we're giving him early access to it. So quite honestly, I don't think we would try to outdo Ed at any point. I don't see us competing with him either.
1: Just let bring me, him in house, right? And uh, <laughs> I mean, we kind of well, let is, it, I let, mean, let, it, let him use the official logo so people know, like, hey, this is an official guy. There yeah, you almost go. Like
0: almost, almost. I'm, a, almost I'm fine with
2: him. I'm fine yeah. with him using the Unraid logo. That's there totally fine. I there mean, like go. I said, he is a brilliant, brilliant dude who's just. Really done a great job of pushing a lot of content out over a very short period of time covering really detailed topics. I mean, stuff like how to run Unraid on a GPU or how to run a VM off of a GPU when you only have one in the system. I didn't even know how to do that for a while. Yeah. And I put a video out and I'm like, that's awesome. So, I, you know, I can't tell you how many times we get an email into support. And the response is, check out this video. And it's back to Ed. So, yeah, yeah Space Invader 1, can't recommend him enough. I, I think that you're all, back to Shinta, you're already on the right path. <laughs> Follow it. He'll take you to the promised land.
0: Um, Shinta also asked the question around uh, licensing tiers. I'm on the basic tier. I jumped right on uh, to get that. Any thoughts on on, on future? Are you going to change those at all going forward?
2: All I can say is stay tuned. Uh, we're, we're constantly looking at our business model and ways to change it to support a wider customer base. You know, uh, We have no delusions of grandeur here, but at the same time, we want to make things easier for people. What I can promise you and what I can definitively say is that we'll never remove features or benefits from existing customers. So you paid for a license, you paid for certain benefits, you're always going to get those benefits.
0: That's good to hear. That's super important in the space as well. Anything else in the year between the last time we had you on and now that you guys are super proud of?
2: I'd say the UI are the, the updates that we've made to our user interface and just some of the core functionality and the dashboard interface. I mean, where we were a year ago to today, it's night and day. Um, and, and there's uh, one of our contract guys, uh, Magnus, uh, has been phenomenal at helping giving us different UI concept, different ways to present things to the user. So you're going to continue to see that refinement as time goes on. But yeah, in the last year, I'd say that was probably one of the biggest things that we've been tweaking.
0: I'm sure I'm going to give away some information here like maybe an IP address or something but I don't really care. Um so uh, it's internal. It doesn't really matter. But when you talk about the when you talked about the UI this is this is my uh, my dashboard for the, for the server. It's actually sitting on a shelf right up here which is uh, which is super cool. And I was able to repurpose a Core i3 540 Mm-hmm. Um, I think 5, 5, 540 I think that's says so right, right, the it. yeah. right there on you the screen. You can see it right it on the dashboard. There, yeah. I can't. I actually can't see it because it's too small <laughs> in this in the look that I am. I guess I could look over here. But, sure, sure. Um, yeah. No, I have been. I have been super impressed with just the 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 look. It's just clean. It's effective. It's it was really nice. And I think when did this UI kind of come to be? I know you guys kind of upgrade but this look and feel how long has this been there
2: uh you know what probably right after the last podcast is when we started pushing out the first iterations of changes to this um you know like i said once we started working with magnus early on he kind of throw through this concept at us and we were like this is just this is awesome like it just looks great it's well constructed it's well laid out it's it just made sense so uh we've been just kind of tweaking it and adding more to it Over time. But yeah, there was no one release that I think had all these UI updates in it.
1: And what I like about it is what you guys have taken is the dashboard view, that homepage of Unraid. Is exactly what it says it is like that dashboard. I don't have to leave that page very often. I can leave that page even up Uh, even so much as like I'm monitoring my UPS and it even pulls in the UPS data. So it tells me how much power I'm pulling on the UPS, which is just plugged in via USB. Um, I've got my interface in and out for the entire rig. Like it has absolutely everything I would need on that page. You don't need to click around. I think that's one of the biggest improvements is really just the things you guys have been adding. There were little plugins that i had had before that I honestly don't even know if I should probably just uninstall, but I don't know if I need them, like temperature, right? Temperature of the CPU uh, and the board, all these different things. I'd say I would agree with you. I think that has been the biggest improvement. I don't know if it's been the last year two years, whatever it is, but every little iteration... It just gets better. And that one page I rarely have to leave because I'm rarely making settings changes. I'm mostly just checking in, checking Plex usage, seeing, you know, how the server's doing when it's doing its backups and things like that.
2: Yeah. Thank you for the feedback. I mean, that's, we feel the exact same way. I mean, it's UI is really, really important. Um, It has a lot to do with user experience. It has a lot to do with ease of use. And so putting everything in a single pane of glass, that's really easy to kind of survey quickly, get the critical details. You know, we do like little things make a big difference. Like when your CPUs are running really hot. We make it red, like we we highlight it when it's getting near max utilization, and that draws your eye to it faster. It's little things like that that I think are actually really, really important. Cause if we didn't do that and your CPU's hitting hundred percent, your eye's not being drawn to anything on that massive dashboard. So those little little features here and there really go a long way.
1: And and even going back to how you guys have everything installed on a USB drive. So Two nights ago, talk about being home and quarantined and tweaking. Uh, I totally messed up my network settings. Don't ask me what I did. I don't know. I royal. I was trying to add in an extra NIC and add in an extra subnet and all this stuff. And I have a Cisco switch and I, I messed something up. I booted it down. I pulled out the USB stick. I just deleted the network config and the network rules config, plugged it back in, fired it up, and we were good. Like back, up it, and it, back up and running, did the defaults like within two seconds, being able to pull that out and edit those files within seconds on any other machine was flawless. And you just can't do that with many other OS's. You can't just pop out a USB thumb drive and plug into a machine, make that change, and then plug it right back in. And the information on how to do that. Uh, The the idea to pull it out and just delete those two files came from the forums, like the forums are super active. So the whole combination of that. So I really like how it's installed on a thumbstick too. I think that's oftentimes overlooked. And some people even claim that's a bad thing. I've seen a lot of like, oh, I don't like how it's installed on a thumbstick. Man, that's only saved me. It hasn't hurt me ever in the entire time I've been running Unraid.
2: Yeah, I mean there's always going to be a horror story about a bad storage device and somebody's like, "Oh, I lost my USB stick, it got eaten." <laughs> right. Well, there's that, and it's we made it pretty easy to do that, but super but here, easy too, yeah. Here's the big thing, right? So a lot of people when they talk about, "Oh, I'm not sure about putting it on a flash." The scenario where I might agree with that is when you're putting the box somewhere way out of arms reach. So if you're hosting in a data center, okay, maybe I I can maybe understand that a little bit better. Because you really want that storage device to be super resilient. And that's why you want like a RAID 1 set for a server that's living in a data center. But a box that's living in your house that you can go to and touch, physically touch whenever you want to, who cares? Yeah. I, I don't see I, – I see it as more of a feature than a, than a cost. Because if you if, – let's say that the OS was installed on hard drives. And you wanted to do the same thing after you screwed your network settings. Are you going to remove <laughs> the hard drives from your from server? From yeah. Drop them in a dock, attached to a Windows machine to edit a couple files, then plug – no, but a USB stick? Absolutely. Oh, it
1: was drop dead easy. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what I did say that. So if you guys don't know, if you click on your main settings and just click on your flash drive, there is a button that just says flash backup. Just click it and then put those files somewhere. Every so often, every time you make some big changes, just do that. And then you always have a backup of your flash drive and you can redo the whole thing within seconds and have it back up and running. I, I agree. It's been, it's been a huge lifesaver.
2: You can pull on my ear in a minute here because I'm about to make that even easier for you. So so we'll talk right. we'll talk about that Is in a it, second when we get that
1: automated features. I will love
0: you.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, I see you're better than automated. Why okay. wait?
0: Let's you you teased it, so let's let's jump ahead as we. No, think let's it wait out.
2: twenty minutes. Nobody wants to hear about new features. Nobody wants to talk roadmap. Nobody cares about six point nine. Come on, let's just let's talk <laughs> now, a about a coronavirus. That's all, all I want, want to know about,
0: about. <laughs> what I'm what I'm worried about. You said you had to call at nine, which means we got fifteen minutes. Okay, fair right? enough.
2: Well, okay. if I I'll tell you what, if those guys got to wait a few, that they can chat okay. without me, but. Here I will give you some, 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 yeah, let's, details. let's so, look
0: forward a little bit.
2: Let's first talk about 6.9 and then we'll talk about beyond 6.9. So 6.9 is already uh, very close to completion. Uh, we're in the betas right now. And the biggest thing that's coming in 6.9, this is unrelated to what Mike was just talking about, but the biggest thing coming in 6.9 that I am so excited about is multiple pools. So for the longest time, we've only had an array and a cache and that's it. Now you're going to be able to create as many different pools as you want. And what's really important about that is that that doesn't just apply to, okay, I want to run some VMs and I want them on dedicated storage. It also applies to shares. So let's say you have a media share and you're you're bringing in content constantly and you want to be able to cache that content to some SSDs or something as it's being written into the system. Okay. You can create a pool and assign it to just that share. So now let's say you have another share and that share represents your home surveillance. Maybe all your cameras are pumping in video streams, right? Well, now you want to have that go to a different storage pool for caching purposes than to the same one that's doing all that media caching. So you can create multiple pools. Now you can have them participate in shares by policy individually. This is the biggest thing that I think people are going to use this for is to segment VMs so that you can have a dedicated pool of storage for virtual machines where right contention isn't causing performance problems in the VM when you're caching. So I'm, I'm super stoked about that. This has been something we've wanted to add for a while. Um, and I got to say in the testing that we're doing right now so far, it's working really well. So I'm very eager to get people's feedback on that. That's
1: huge. I would love to be able to write. So when I I, I back up, uh, I send certain storage from my Blue Iris box over to Unraid, and I do it to a share. Right now I have cache turned off because I don't want to take up all the I.O. into that cache because that cache is running all my other dockers. So I just have it go straight to disk. I would love to be able to use a cache for that, though. So those pools, just being able to separate those out, have one for Blue Iris, throw a bunch of SSDs in there, essentially just create a bunch of pools and not have to worry about them being affecting the other. Huge. Not not
2: I'll give you another good use case for it. So nowadays you got a lot of motherboards that are shipping with these M.2 ports that support NVMe but the max number of NVMe ports that you're going to get on any system is going to be rather limited. Like you're not you're not going to get a, a motherboard that's got 24 NVMe ports on it, right? You can get maybe a SATA controller that's got that many ports, but yeah. not in, not for NVMe. So what do you use NVMe for on an unraid server? Well, for me, it's VM storage. That's like to me the no brainer because it's high performance. It doesn't have to travel over the network, especially if you're if you're doing anything like uh, gaming VMs or stuff like that. So now you could say, all right, I'm going to create one pool and just use my NVMe devices for that pool and use that just for vm storage and then separately have a sata based ssd pool where i don't need you know a thousand plus megabytes per second write speed i don't need it for this i just need it to be fast enough so that it's not saturating my array when i'm trying to watch a movie with new writes that are coming in and making problems for me so i i think that's going to be a really big one is using different tiered storage for different purposes
0: huge when does that come out uh soon Okay.
2: Very soon, The community has this wonderful habit of putting soon and then like a, a, a trademark next to it because okay. I, don't, I don't know how – I don't know if you guys remember this company, but there was an old gaming company called 3D Realms, and they, and they had this development mentality of when it's done, when they'd make games. Yeah. And that's kind of how our software development works. Like we try to stay on a very rigorous schedule, but if it ain't done, it ain't done. Yeah. and so we're not going to put out buggy code. We're not going to rush to hit a release date and, and potentially corrupt someone's data. Protecting customers' data is our number one priority at all times. So I, all I'll say is, is that we are very close to a release. I'm not going to give a date. <laughs>
0: what, what would the upgrade for me going from six eight to six nine? What I'm already,
2: like? I'm already upset with you, Jim, because okay. when you showed your screen, yeah. you're not running yeah. the latest yeah. release. You're, you're on six eight two. You're a whole point oh oh one <laughs> releases behind. I don't know. I don't know how that happened.
1: You have him on the show, Jim.
0: Come on, make sure it's updated. all
2: right. If he's only one dot release away, I'll I'll forgive him. I'll forgive him.
0: I'm getting getting release shame. (laughs) Uh, But
2: your process to update is going to be super easy. You're just going to go to that tools tab, go to update OS, click check for updates, and when it becomes available, you'll just download it there. There's nothing special you're going to have to do um, other than if you've already used all your SSDs to create a big pool. There's not going to be a way to quickly and easily break that up. So, okay. you know, when you create a storage aggregate with like ButterFS is what we use for our cash pool right now, you can deassign devices depending on how much free space you have. But here's what I'm going to say to anybody that out there that's worried about, I want to break up my pool to create multiple pools. If you're not sure about what to do, post in the forum, go into general support, post in the forum, ask we will we'll help you out.
1: And is that going to stay this is ButterFS what you're still going to use for cash pools?
2: That for, now. for now, for okay. now. Why? What do you, what are you.
1: No, no reason.
2: Oh, no, there's a reason.
1: Well, I would just say the only issues I've had with Unraid, uh, and it, it could have been on my end, but it was literally the only thing I've ever, and I, I had it consistently was, um, in the event of having to hard shut down the Unraid box, user error, probably something I did, um, that cache pool never recovered. And I luckily, I ran the community applications back above my app data folder. And it was just a quick and easy, just throw it back on. I have, So I have actually removed the second drive just so I can run XFS on yeah. the uh, SSD. I can hard shut that thing down all day now and no issues. Zero. Uh, so yeah. it's, it, was, it was just interesting. I don't know what the cause was. Again, probably some on my side. But it's the only issue two dates that I've ever had with Unraid is in a hard shutdown or an environment, something would just go wrong. The drives would get out of sync and it would just be unrecoverable. You couldn't do anything about
2: it. And and I'm um, did you try doing like a Butterfest scrub or yep. anything like that? Did the okay. scrub
1: Did all that stuff and and nothing. Yeah. So again, that could have been on my side, one of my drives or something, but I also, now I have that. I pulled it out and like, well, it's a 500 gig SSD I have it in the gaming rig and, and nothing's gone wrong with it. So it was just interesting. Um, the issue there so i didn't know if there were any plans to change that if that's a common issue or just a very you know
2: well um all issue. i can all i can say is that um we are looking actively into zfs okay that's so, what i I knew what you were getting at all right i knew what you're yeah. getting at i'm a smart guy i don't have the um, ram
1: though to support that so i'm totally fine if you guys don't uh, that's,
2: that's not true that's not true <laughs> you have the you have the ram to support it So, Z, so first of all let's just Hammer this one out because I know there's another question that somebody wanted to ask about ECC. Yeah, uh, Jim, do you have that question up? Because yeah, I, I... I
0: do. Yeah, I do. Let me bring it up. It said this: How important is ECC RAM for the Unraid software compared to ZFS? Does it make a significant, in all caps, significant difference the way the file systems are set up having ECC RAM for Unraid uh, for the Unraid OS, or will I have to relatively the same protection using normal hardware that do- it doesn't support?
2: Okay, so clear, clearly you're not going to have the same protection. So e- ECC is a hardware-level feature that basically adds parity to RAM. That's all it's doing, right? It's It's checking to make sure that all the bits that are stored in a row are good. And if they're not, then it can do a check. It can run against the checksum and fix that bit. Now, why would that bit get flipped? Well... A cosmic ray may hit your memory chip at just the right angle and flip that bit and now your your data is corrupted. So is it you know does data corruption happen to systems that don't have ECC memory? Sure. Um, but data corruption can also happen to systems that do have ECC memory due to other reasons. so I you know I question the value of ECC a lot for our users because again, most people that have a server in their home, it's not the same value proposition as, say, Netflix or Google or Amazon or Microsoft, who has tens of thousands of millions of people connecting to their servers every couple minutes. So what I would say is this. If you are if you have cash to burn and you, money is not an object and you want to build a dedicated server and you want the highest level of redundancy and the highest level of protection – Go for it, man. Knock your socks off. But if you're like the rest of us mere mortals out there (laughs) that want to squeeze every penny of performance out of the money we put into our systems, the cost of ECC, the memory is not the issue. The cost of the memory is not the issue. The difference between an ECC memory chip and a non-ECC chip is negligible. I mean, it's it's not nothing, but it's negligible. But the cost of the server that you have to buy to support ECC is a dramatic price difference versus, say, desktop class components. So, my, again, my view is this. If you're Netflix and you're looking at servers that are going to go in your data center, you start asking yourself, well, how much does it cost me for the server to go down? Like if a server crashes, if it's a hard crash and somebody has to physically go there or toggle power or, or reboot or whatever – How much does it cost me in dollars and cents per minute to be down? Now ask that to somebody who's building a server in their home. And most of them are going to go, nothing. Like I, it's to me, it's yeah, it sucks when the server goes down. I don't want it to crash, but, most people are going to be willing to fix that problem. and let's let's be fair here, there are numerous layers of, of error correction control built into hardware. Memory is just one area that that happens. And there's plenty of other areas that, that things can go wrong in as well. So again, my, my general recommendation to people, when it comes to, to ECC, nothing requires ECC. That's a misnomer. Even FreeNAS and ZFS do not require ECC memory to function. They highly recommend it because they're worried that if something does go wrong and data does come become corrupted and you're not using ECC memory, they want something to be able to say, well, that's that's the reason. you You need to go get this. You need to be doing this. Our view is, yes, data corruption can occur. It's, it's technically possible. The likelihood of it happening in such a way that you can't get back to any of your data and your system's down for a super long period is really, really minimal. So I'll tell you right now, I don't have any servers that or any computers that I've ever bought myself that use ECC. I have a couple that have ECC that have been given to me for testing and whatnot, but that's it. Um, so again, if you're putting it in a data center, it's a different scenario. Now, going back to your
1: I, I was going to say, yeah. go back to how oh, do I ZF- have enough RAM for a ZFS system.
2: Right. So, so the amount of memory you need translates to performance, and that's part of the research we have to do is figuring out, is there a threshold that we have to provide a recommendation for? Right. But I don't think that with ZFS, like if you have a system that only has four gigs of RAM and a lot of storage, I don't think, and maybe somebody will correct me and say I'm wrong, but I don't think that it'll just not work. I think that if anything, it might have a performance impact, but it, it should be able to work within the confines of whatever performance restrictions you place on it.
1: Yeah, well, because I – well, but I thought like the the recommendation has always been like one gig of RAM for every terabyte of storage, right? Isn't that like roughly – so I have like 16 gigs of RAM in here for a 24-terabyte array of usable space eight onto that 32, I guess, once you add in the parity drive, whatever. Um so I was always concerned I wouldn't have enough. But I guess if it's just a performance issue, if it's not a requirement of the system, I'd be super interested if we went to ZFS instead of ButterfS. At least just XFS has been fine for everything else. Um yeah. but uh just for that for that cash.
2: No, I you I scary, yeah. I no. mean it's it's weird. ButterfS is weird because like in our test rigs, I've never had my cash pool crap out on me. I've just never had it happen. And so, and I've got multiple systems that have both either HDDs or SSDs. I've done it with NVMe devices. It doesn't seem to matter for me. Now I know there are people in the community that have had problems with it. And I don't know if that's a hardware specific problem that, that ButterFS just gets blamed for, or like in your case, where it's a power outage and, you yeah. know, protect yourself yeah, every back.
1: time it was if it's a hard shutdown that's the only right. time it ever happened but, right. but it was every time it was a very repeatable error yeah that's like,
2: that's the part that's weird if because-
1: i sh- hard shut it down i can expect i i did expect it and sure enough it would come up none of the dockers would show up i'm gonna like, oh, go yeah my cash drive my cash pool's done just pull it back up from ca backup and it'd be a backup and running so yeah, that's uh weird. that 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 plug-in from CA has been my number one recommendation for everyone is just might as well, especially if you're running your app data only on the cash pool, you know, you don't have any backup yeah. there. So you might as well uh, run that app. So yeah, yeah, I it's mean, not, it, it hasn't been an issue because the, the fix is 10 minutes of my time. But, right. Uh, yeah,
2: and, I, and I'll tell you, like I, when it comes to CFS, I mean, it is something that we've been asked about quite a bit and uh, we've had different thoughts about it over the years. and And we're finally getting to that point where it's like, you know what? We see what's happening within Ubuntu uh, from Canonical, and they're adding ZFS support to their Linux distribution. So it's starting to make us question, maybe we should be doing the same thing. Um, it's it's something that, that has mainly been a licensing challenge. And I'm sure if you do any basic research on what Linus Torvalds had to say about it, you'll understand where we're coming from. But we might have some unique ways to overcome that. Um, so, you know, all I can say is, again, stay tuned. I don't have any timelines for you at this point, but it is something that's on the development roadmap. So uh, I can tell you it's not something that we're just, you know, shooting about. We're, we're actually looking into it.
0: Interesting. John Rob asked any SMB issues on 683. He saw a bunch of Reddit posts saying that SMB performance declined from the previous version.
2: Um, and I would Here. say that's probably somewhat anecdotal. Um, okay. Okay. I, I, I can't say that I've seen any major SMB performance issues. Um, Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that that's a known problem in our community right now.
1: Okay, uh, I'm as a person. I'm running six eight three. I was transferring a bunch of files today from the main rig
0: over, and was full gigabit tearing them. So, uh, FireJack out of the out of the forums had asked a question kind of around backup. Um, it, a long question. I'll kind of shorten it. One of the things he says that often stops me recommending Unraid is the less technically minded users is the lack of kind of a built in easy to use backup tool that can be managed through the web interface. So, does Unraid have team have any plans for adding a more maybe easier to use backup solution?
2: So we'll we'll dip our toes into to talking about flash backup, and then we'll talk about backup as a bigger idea. Okay. okay. So, so Mike talked about, hey, there's this wonderful button in the UI called flash backup. You just push it, it creates a zip file. Boom, you're off to the races. Wouldn't it be awesome if that same button just clicked itself automatically Every time you made a change, it wouldn't it be even more awesome if that backup went to the cloud so that if your flash died on you and you forgot to make that backup, or maybe you don't have another PC laying around to make a backup to, or maybe the PC that you did back it up to isn't in your house anymore, whatever. Now you can just go log in, download a zip file from the cloud, and that'll be the latest backup of your flash. So that is something that is coming. Uh, it's part of a, a set of new features that we plan to roll out known as my servers. And flash backup, automated flash backup, is one of those features that we are working on. So it's going to make life a lot easier. Because you know, as, as great as that button is, I don't I don't love it right now, only because you have to click it. And so every like you go make a change to the OS, you add a share, go back, click that button, mm-hmm. right? It's it's just kind of a hassle, and I'm, I, I I fully admit that. Um, but it's something that we look to automate and automate to a cloud target in the future because it's relatively small right? With the amount of backup data that we're talking about on that flash is relatively small. And a lot of it can be deduplicated, right? Because if, if I've got the vast majority of the actual storage being used from the OS is flat files that are the same on everybody's stick. What's unique is what lives under that config directory. That's what's unique to you. So if we can just back that stuff up, it makes everybody's life a lot easier. It doesn't cost us a lot to provide that solution. I mean, it does. We have provide cloud storage, but it's a lot less than talking about, let's say, backing up gobs of data from your array. So now we'll switch to that, and we'll talk about backups from the array. So, the question that that, that came up about us adding backup—it's that's a tough cookie to crack, man. That is a real tough cookie. There are so many software businesses out there that do nothing but backup. So it'd be kind of, kind of pounding our chest to be like, we're just going to add that as a feature to Unraid. Don't worry, guys. Like we'll we'll take care of creating rolling backups and synthetic fulls and all the wonderful backup term. That's that's really tough to do. So I'm not going to say that it's never going to happen. It's something that I would love to see us do at some point. But I can tell you right now, it's not on the short-term roadmap. Uh, what I would maybe more likely want to see uh, is a partnership with another company that that, that has a backup solution and see if we can maybe create some more tightened integration there. But us creating a first-party backup offering, I just don't see that in the short term.
1: And I'll just throw in there for for if if that person is looking for a service to to recommend, uh, you know, for me, it's been rock solid. DupliCati and backing up to Backblaze has been just rock solid. It runs on a schedule. It has never failed. Um, Backblaze has been a good, really cheap provider for cloud storage. So, uh, from from the from one of the hosts here, that's what I use, and it's it's
2: been great. That's awesome. Now, duplicati, you're running that inside a Docker container, right?
1: Yep, running it from yep. the CA, right? Like it's, it's it again. It's super easy. CA download duplicati. Took a two seconds to configure. Plug in your credentials. Tell it what shares you want to back up. Do the schedule, and, and
0: you're off the races. Wasn't that causing some problems with your bandwidth and in us podcasting? It was running. At, at I had it.
1: I hadn't limited it. Yes. Okay. So do go into the web UI of DupliCati mm-hmm. and uh, and make sure you limit the amount of upload it can do because I had it just at the full tilt. And also my schedules were off, so it was running it during the show. <laughs> Come
0: on, Weger. Jason asked the question: Where is that
2: flash backup located? Is he talking about the button? I, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably talking about yeah. the button. And the button okay. is if you go to the main tab and you click on Flash, like where your Flash devices, the button will be very obvious once you click on Flash. So it's yes. on it's on the flash device settings page. Um, if you're asking the for the cloud, where 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 is it going in the cloud? Um, I get I guess we haven't really finalized, but I'm pretty sure it's going to end up being an Amazon S3.
0: Uh, John, what else? As we think things that you guys want uh, to talk about, uh, we you know we're now officially overtime for you. So every every minute you spend is your choice here.
2: I'm out. Uh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We we can go a uh, couple okay, minutes. Okay, good. Um, let's, good. Anything let's else you want to talk about? Yeah, let's talk about some other cool things that are coming in 6.9. So um, a really big one that I'm super excited about that's not – might not be the most whiz-bang feature when you think about features, but it's actually pretty important for us from a global perspective, and that's uh, uh, support for language files. So for the longest time, Unraid's been entirely in English, which, okay. I mean, that's what we have to do. We're all English speakers. But we've had folks that have started requesting, hey, can we get Chinese language support? Can we get Dutch language support? Can we get Spanish language support? And it's tough to do that. It's it's tough to add that multilingual support to the product um, when you're trying to continue to add features, and now you have to think about how that's going to work from a language standpoint. So what we actually had was um, our one of our community developers uh, from the Netherlands said, you know, this is actually a real problem, and I'm going to come up with a solution for it. And he did, and it's pretty ingenious. And it basically just adds the capability to upload these language files into Unraid. So what we're hoping is that as a result of adding support for this, that we see um, different people from the community that. want want to take the time to translate for us, we'll then make those files readily available so that people can download them. Um, so just having the ability to translate the UI into whatever language we need is a huge feature. Um, another big one that I think anybody with VMs is going to really care about is improvements to how device stubbing is going to work. So for anybody that's passing through PCI devices to VMs, if you're doing a graphics card or a sound card, super simple. Don't have to don't have to stub anything, it just works out of the box. The moment that you want to pass through a device that we normally would load drivers for, yep. that's when things become a little bit more difficult because in order to, to pass through a device, you have to stub the device so that the drivers don't load. So the old way of doing that was modifying the SysLinux configuration files, a little file that lives on the Flash. And there's a page in the UI where you can go and modify it, but you have to know what to put in there. And there's a very specific string you had to put in there. So it's coming in 6.9. Thanks again to another new community developer that we brought on, uh, a guy named by the name of Skittles is what he goes by. Uh, he's actually re-engineered our system devices page to create checkboxes that you can then click. Oh, so that beautiful. you can stub those devices without having to know the vendor product ID, without having to drop the command line, without also without having to be worried about, well, what other devices are in that group? So, for example, if the device that you want to stub happens to be in a group with another device that, say, is the USB controller that Unraid's plugged into, well, then you can't stub that device. And if you did, you'd actually prevent your system from booting properly. So same thing goes with the SATA controller that's running the storage devices for the array. So there's a little bit of built-in protection there as well to prevent those kind of things from happening. So that's Mm -hmm. a a pretty big one, too.
1: So is Um, that another reason why, like, let's say built-in NVIDIA driver support hasn't been a huge thing? Because if you had that instant support and it was going to be loaded by the OS, again, you'd have to stub it and before you pass through the VM
2: you got it. And that's also, yeah. this was kind of the pre, so our plan is to eventually incorporate those drivers. So we, right now I know there are two versions of Unraid that exist in the community. There's <laughs> our release and then there's the NVIDIA release, right? And it's maintained by uh, a, a group named Linux server IO. Uh, a, a gentleman that in the forum goes by CHBMB. Uh, also an awesome guy. Also, I believe a doctor. Uh, Interesting. I, okay. I might be wrong. I might be wrong on that one, but I'm pretty sure he's a doctor. And, um, uh, he's been maintaining this separate build. And every time we put out a new release, he's got to go and figure out, okay, I got to compile this new build and build all the NVIDIA drivers in there. And its I- I'll admit it's not a fun time for him. But he does it because he uses it. And there's tons of people in the community that have been using it. And in fact, if you're one of those folks that wants to use those containers to uh, to help fight COVID-19, uh, one of the downsides with our build is that we don't include those drivers. So you can't offload to the GPU by default. You can offload to the CPU, but not the GPU. But if you're using his special build, then you can use both GPU and CPU resources. So eventually, we want to get away from him having to do that work without you know, creating a separate build. But we've been concerned that, okay, how many people are going to use a Docker container that's going to take advantage of CUDA cores, let's say, on an NVIDIA GPU versus a guy that just wants to pass it through to a VM and use it for gaming. Yeah. And so it was really important to us that people that wanted to do that, which is a very popular feature, um, we wanted to make sure that that was going to continue to work as easy as it was today. Yep. So, what we're probably going to do going forward is we're going to bake those drivers in, and we we may choose to automatically pre-stub all audio and graphics devices. And then if you want to remove them from the stub, you could do that. Uh, but either way, having a tool that made it super simple uh, to, to do this was really important to us. And, and again, Skittles came through for us because this thing just works so much better than doing it the old-fashioned way. It's just not as fun.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, I think really, unless you're running Folding Plex or MB and need that hardware transcoding, there wasn't really a reason for a lot of people to need the NVIDIA drivers passed through the Docker. But I'll just ask you, and you can be honest or you can pass. Is it like frowned upon to like if I say in the community like I'm running that version with the NVIDIA drivers so I can do hardware transcoding for like? I mean, if I'm using his build, is that bad compared to your guys's native build?
2: I mean, so. Yes and no. I mean, from a supportability standpoint, like if you contacted support and said, "I'm running this special build and I'm having a problem passing through my GPU," not they, me, because I'm—I'll be the one (laughs) replying to that email. Okay,
1: cool. Uh, I'll be the jackass from that podcast. By the way, you were on.
2: (laughs) I'll be the first one to say, "Hey, go boot up the regular version of Unraid and see if it works." Now, if it doesn't. That's where I'll provide support to you because that's one of the advantages of how we actually build the platform. You know, for a while there were people asking us, hey, can you make it so that we can update the packages in Unraid separate from from what you guys release? And there's a reason we don't want people to do that. And the main reason is supportability because, you know, uh, building an OS is is just like a recipe for making food. Like you got to put a bunch of different ingredients in it and then it's going to taste a certain way. But when people start messing with the ingredients, (laughs) it might not taste the same. And now you might end up with problems that are only because you've tinkered with that configuration. So, you know, you look look at any other normal or open source distribution of Linux that's out there and look in their forums. And there's just tons of people that have these weird, quirky little problems. And no one can figure it out because it's their build. It's their unique combination of kernel, software, and configuration. So, you know, we don't like it when folks kind of modify the build as a general principle. In this particular instance, we kind of provide some support to to the guy that's building these builds you know once in a while he'll come in and say i'm having a problem and we'll try to give him some assistance because we realize that there's a lot of people out there that want to use it so out of all the modified builds of unraid that you can run the nvidia one that's the one that i'd say is is okay but if again if you run into a support issue and you're emailing me I'll be like yeah. Yeah. So that's but right. if but but eventually that's not going to be a problem because eventually we're going to load those drives. You'll have the backup button box
1: on my other version and I also have two USB sticks I can just plug in and when I contact you I'll plug in the real version.
0: There you there go. You'll <laughs> have that box sold by the time it doesn't matter
1: no okay Jim let's talk about that there should be some testament to the people of this community who know me for the last five years being on the show I don't stick with anything for any period of time ever like past two months I've sold it I've I get into mining I'm done I I have stuck with unraid for years now because I tried FreeNAS, Synology QNAP those are the three I tried before I found unraid and unraid I have stuck with for years because it is and I I still enjoy tinkering with it just because it's fun I love finding new apps. Apps I can add to it. I love finding new settings. Last time John was on, he gave us some tweaks to our read-write things for our array. Like I love it. So testament to everyone, because they everyone knows I don't stick with anything. I've stuck with Unraid for years because it's the best. That's it amazing.
2: Fun- it's funny you say that, Mike, because actually somebody in our community, when we posted about this in the forum, said the exact same thing, said I'm still using that Reconstruct Right setting from the last time I watched the show a year ago, and John brought that up. So I'm, I'm glad that it's it's been valuable. I am, yeah. too.
1: I am, too. A- okay, any other quick tips before you go? Any Hold on. Anything like I, I that? Just,
2: I
0: got to prove here. Hold on. Before we go.
1: Six oh, he's not. Three.
2: Did he update? Oh, ah, yeah. there you go. Look how easy that
1: was. Within the time that we gave him uh, flack for not having it, he has up. Back up and running, and he's going to go. It was pretty easy. Now, uh,
2: now I want you to go test SMB performance for me because somebody said there was a problem with that, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can you go uh, transfer a file or cook over SMB? I'm the
0: average guy, man. I, I, don't know. I, 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 need I like I need You
2: ever yourself. need a test
1: guy? Hit me up, John. I'm, I love breaking things and then putting them back together at 3 a.m.
0: John, we've made you late for a meeting, but let me, let me ask you this. If we, as you guys get close to six, nine, if we had you on and we dispensed with all the pleasantries and got right down to technical business, if we asked you to come back, would you come back and after you feel comfortable and and maybe that'd be a good future thing to, and we could just dive right into all the new stuff in six, nine, would that work?
2: Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Anytime you guys want me on, just let me know.
0: Yeah, um, um, you you guys offered badges, and Rob's been asking me a couple times out there for them, and, and I was trying to come up. We we were trying to think through. There oh. they are. There they are. We were trying to our think through. badges. I'm we, trying to. We, 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 I have one for you, by the way. Oh
1: yes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was just of to bite my bits for a long time. Yeah, I got. I've one, got man. one and, for you. And and said, hey,
2: and hey, these are extra special because these are the ones that if you go to our our online store, you can buy these, and these are fine. They're fine but they're pretty thin. They're pretty paper. I don't know if you can see from the side, but these actually have a bit of a bezel to them. Mm-hmm. So they're I they actually like pillows. <laughs>
0: I'll bring other pillows. You can sleep on them. They're actually, I right. they have been actually, since they sent them to me, but um, we've been thinking of a way to give a few of those away. So here's what I want to do. Follow me on Twitter at right? Jay Collison, right? C O L L I S O N at Jay Collison and tweet at me and Unraid, your Unraid build right and Ooh, like style that. style counts on this so yeah. uh, i don't know what it counts
2: <laughs> but the more led lights the better
0: yeah just <laughs> we're, we're looking for nerd factor so you know i i don't again i don't Old, know what that oldest looks hardware like. newest heart like wh- anything though it doesn't it could, have to be it, like the best it's got to be just like cool Yeah, and nerd factor, some angles and we're you know okay we just want to see some cool pictures of your setup so uh, go jump on Twitter at Jay Collison. Make sure you you get uh, Unraid in there as well. At at well, if you do add Unraid, I think it's official. Unraid official, I think, is the, yeah. is, the is the the Twitter. And then tweet those pictures. We'll give it oh, a week or two, and then we'll pick the best one. Mike and I will pick the best couple, and we'll let these guys know, and we'll ship them out to you. How does that sound? That John, that sounds like that'll work. Oh, perfect. Okay perfect john thank you for coming on tonight i appreciate you and unraid and 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 spencer who spent some time doing some great work for us so spencer we appreciate you as well we'll let you head out it sounded like that nine o'clock meeting was pretty important so we'll
2: uh yeah i got we'll, a message from eric while we were ch- chatting thing are we skipping this call tonight or uh, what we
0: just, <laughs> i said just guys you them. start
2: without me i'll be right there <laughs> <laughs> just
0: tell <laughs> a bunch of podcasters we're keeping you busy That's so right. john thanks for jumping in appreciate you having here here tonight if you're if you're in the chat room or you're listening live, stay around. We got a little bit, we have still a little bit of show to go, but John, thanks for jumping in. I appreciate it.
2: Not a problem. Thanks guys. Thanks, you John.
0: See you thanks, for, thanks for coming out. Yeah, absolutely. So pretty great, right?
2: dude? So, I just, could, I,
0: I oh here, man,
1: I, it's a good thing. I don't have that guy's phone number. Cause I would bother him all the time. To- I could nerd out with that guy on unraid for oh, hours.
0: Oh. Yeah. That is so much fun. Yeah. You're welcome, Spencer. Thanks. Uh, I, I can't say enough. Like, uh, Spencer did the best promotion job for this I've ever seen. I mean, maybe not as good as a Tony Rayner <laughs> promotion job. I mean, I always point, point the wrong way. There we go. Rayner is on it all the time. Tony, what do you think? Give us some uh, Give us some feedback on what you heard tonight. Yeah. Mike, since you're
3: a user and it kind of came up in the chat. <clears throat> so pretty much you load it on the USB drive. Then it runs from RAM. It does. So
1: it loads all that into RAM. Really, the only time you're going to be accessing your um, the flash drive is when you're making system wide changes, or if you're using if you're like loading a plugin, for example, because like plugins store on the flash. Um, but, but really, that's the only time. So it's not you. I have a cheap. I, I shouldn't probably have this, but I mean, I have a pretty cheap USB stick that's running running in there for years because the only time it's ever loaded is at boot and during any of those big changes. So it's not hitting that uh, USB drive very often, if at all.
3: So, I guess, like, say, uh, what size USB drive does it require? Or any certain Oh, speed? man, pretty
1: small. Um, I So, on mine, I have an 8 gigabyte on there. I'm only using 592 megabytes. Okay. So, and yeah. that is with, I mean, I, I have a pretty loaded system. I have a lot of plugins. It doesn't, doesn't um, even need
0: to be that fast. D-
1: no. no. You could do a USB. T- you could have a 1 gig and probably be fine. I don't know what they recommend. So, this is not an f- official Unraid um comment but i mean i use 592 megabytes and it only loads every so often i think the only time you're ever going to even see the speed is maybe on boot but even there like how often are you rebooting your unrate server i had my before i
0: rebooted it it had been a month and you know and i think howard back in the day when we were talking about this i think he had like 600 days on his unrate server or something like that i mean he was it was something ridiculous yeah uh,
1: and yeah. uh, you barely ever need to reboot it, yeah. so I, no requirements there. Pretty low requirements. It, Go ahead. Because
3: after the last podcast, you know, Mike Howard and you, you know, like, man, I have a Nook sitting there. Yeah. You know, a bunch of old discs. You know, most of them dying. You know, WD Green drives, of course. Yeah. You know, this would be kind of a perfect setup. You know, just to give it a try. It totally is. Because I do have a Qnap NAS, but you know, I just really don't use it. I, something new to mess with.
1: But even there, like it's perfect for the home user who has a bunch of just random drives around. Because the biggest advantage, right, is that the whole array doesn't need to be the same size drives. Make Mm -hmm. sure your biggest drive you have available is your parity drive. Other Mm -hmm. than that, throw anything and everything in there. Um, Now that again, all this is not officially under a sponsor, but why not? Like throw everything in there.
0: Your your your, your experience, right? Um, Yeah, in my experience,
1: I have all sorts of drives in there, um, ranging from you know. 500 gigs to four terabytes.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Joe, Joe says he's using a cruiser fit. I gig. highly recommend those. That's I think I'm using a, um, Oh shoot. Uh, one of those, one of those companies. I, yep. I know on the tip. These little sand yep. that
1: barely even stick out the back. You don't even notice because what I have noticed hmm. is I ever do need to move the server. I don't want something big sticking out if you don't have an internal drive. So these don't get broken off. If you, uh, don't know it's back there and you go to move the thing. Yeah.
0: Mark Mark's using an eight gig. It's, it says it's oh, 725. using seven twenty
1: five. Interesting. I really wondered what yeah. takes up space
0: on these. I, I'm guessing plugins, but uh, interesting. They, they do have some requirements for the license idea. Can't, I can't imagine that would be very big. But uh, Nathaniel says that. By the way, Nathaniel will be on the show here in a couple of weeks. Um, we're going to, I think, here in four weeks. At the end of the month, we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, what? How education has changed around its technology, kind oh, of boy. in a in a response to this COVID, right? And so, Nathaniel's coming on. Uh, Brian Freelander is back, and then Chris Nessie is coming on. So that'll be here end of August. If you go to the theaverageguy.tv and click on the calendar tab, actually that one's not listed today. I'll be putting it on this weekend. But uh, if you want to see all the upcoming show, um, those are coming up.
1: And then as well. licenses, the their pricing scheme is based off how many drives you have right. in your box. And, and I yes, think, the license is tied to USB drive. Uh, it's six. Here, I'll show that really
0: quick again. It's not so tied to it. It's included in the config for it. Basic so. gets you the $60 package one time, right? $60 gets you uh, up to six, and then the $90 is up to 12, and then unlimited is 130 And they
1: have not, unlike other products, that's it. They don't charge yeah. you again for the next big release. Like, if you go from five to six, nothing. As a, a a one, at least as far as they've done it, a one time thing.
2: So um, I think so, what he
1: was saying is, you know, they might change their pricing structure, but at least if, if even even if they change that, let's say even if they charge for the seven release, they're not going to remove functionality from what you've already paid for.
0: You might not get anything new, but they haven't removed it. Nathaniel says your USB drive must contain a unique uh, GUID um, and then be a minimum of one gig in size and a maximum of thirty two. Interesting,
1: and I don't, don't I don't know of any mainstream. Hubs that don't have a GUID.
0: Um, it was super easy. Like this, this second time around when I went to go do it, um, was super. In fact, here in the community, by the way, if you're joining us for the first time and you want to join our discussion around Unraid, we have one of those as well. Head out to theaverageguy.tv/discord and uh, jump in there. There's a lot of other stuff as well. We talk about. Uh, distributed computing. We talk about cigars. That's my favorite topic. Hardware, some of that stuff. So if you want to jump in there, again, a really nice group. We don't really tolerate trolls. They're gone pretty fast. So theaverageguy.tv slash Discord will get you in there. Tony, have you you haven't joined us in the Discord group, have you? Or are you in there?
3: Um, I I was there for a moment. But I, I'll you know, kind of look through Facebook a little more than yeah. even, you know, Discord. Yeah.
0: Well, we have a Facebook group as well. Facebook.com. No the average guy.tv/facebook if you want to join us. That that group's out there as well. It, uh, it works just fine. And then of course, we were talking on Twitter earlier. We've got a really good, I think we've got a really good group of folks that just, you know, it's it's a normal amount of traffic and it's just good stuff. So if you want to join us out there on Twitter, you can do that as well. Tony, any other uh, any other thoughts from you on uh, on Unraid or on the interview tonight?
3: No, that uh, I'll assume that uh, when you uh, go to run from the uh, the uh, I guess the USB stick, as far as you have to do an install initially, or just placing it on there like on a pie, you know, does it? Do you have to do an install routine, or is it just already there? Jim, you just did it recently. Yeah,
0: you get a couple options uh, to do it. It'll ask you if you just want to run it, or if you want to install it. Uh, and I just I just did the. I can actually. I can't even remember the I, I whatever I did it when it reboots it just fires up yeah the, like, so
1: the main install process i think is pretty much done with the application you use on your like let's say your windows machine to build the usb driver they have their own tool you download it you plug in your thing and it just it flashes yeah, that with it's, the
0: actual, That's super easy right, right. cuz
1: that's the same exact reason why i could i pulled it out of the unraid box plugged it in here the files are all there i just deleted the two configs pulled it back out plugged it in and it's it's just good. So everything there, there's no really install process. Once you get it booted, besides setting up, you know, your account and things like that. So there's a okay. setup process. I wouldn't say there's an
3: install process. Okay. Now, can you uh, um, access it off your network?
1: Access what?
3: Access the actual box and storage off your network. Yes. Yep.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I, sh- I should I should clarify. In certain respects. So if you're talking about can I access the shares from outside yeah. um, via a VPN, yes. Uh, there's really no, as far as I know, there's no native way to make it accessible outside. There's, It's not like you're not going to have the, uh, I can think of like QNAP or Unri- or Synology. Like they don't have the connect to external option to come in. You have to connect via VPN. Or what I've done is I've just installed NextCloud. So, I run Nextcloud on my Unraid box, and that's how I access those files from anywhere.
3: Now, does it mount easily on the network so you can uh, see it from within your Windows PC, the shares?
1: Yep, all the shares are super easy. You enable SMB, uh, all the permissions are there, really easy. So, all my drives, all my shares are mapped. Uh, to this PC that I'm on right easy now. Easy to create
0: shares. I mean, I did. Super easy to yeah. create yeah. shares, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, just messing around with it. Um, That one works. That is fine. the
1: one thing I would say. You know, they're adding pools, which is cool. Um, I hope it doesn't complicate things, because, like, if you oh, run FreeNAS, for example, like, when I ran FreeNAS, it was very confusing. Like, okay, it was confusing for a very, very new user who's never worked with it. Okay, I need to create a pool, then a share, and then, like, I didn't know how to do it. The one thing about Unraid right now is it's super easy because, like, just create a share. It just uses all the drives. You're good. It uses the array, and the array is backed up. You're fine. Um, So it's really easy now because there aren't any pools. So I'll be very intrigued. That was really cool to hear him kind of um, sneak peek that for us because I'll be intrigued about how well that works.
3: Yeah, because one of the reasons I hadn't moved to it because, you know, I have a box with a bunch of disparate drives, you know, (laughs) with a drive pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a JBOD with
1: drive pool yeah, and, yeah. and it works. That stable bit stuff works great. Yeah. All
0: right, you guys good? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you like four times. My bad. SPX <laughs> said, uh, can we just acknowledge how easily Unraid picks up errors within hard drives? Uh, best early warning system ever. And I actually, oh, let me show this again. I actually had that happen here. And so. Let's see, where is it? I think maybe it's on the main page. It should be on the main, should be a yellow. Up. Yeah, right there we go. So, my the, you know, I've got a, uh, it's picking up um, a problem here with the flash drive that I have in there. Um, and it found an error on my um, uh, SSD drive as well. And yep. so, John said, uh, Uh, He'd be more, he'd be curious to hear more about that. And uh, SPX said, haha, me too. (laughs) I really want to know what causes those errors. Now, I I didn't do anything. I'm running it with errors on there. But uh, it it is pretty good at picking up and finding errors. That's for sure. It is.
1: Yeah. I actually just replaced my, uh, we actually talked a few weeks back. I've been running that same four terabyte drive from, I, mean, I don't know how many years ago, seven years ago, it's been it's been in a server, and it finally threw up uh, threw up an error. But Unraid let me know, and I got it replaced. It was my parity drive, so super easy. It just rebuilt the parity. Uh, talk about that's just a super seamless process too. As a drive dies, very easy to replace um, yeah. a drive, even when it, even if it were to fully fail, which it hadn't yet because early detection had gone off on Unraid to let me know that hey, this thing's going down. You need to get this replaced.
0: All right. I think with that, we'll wrap it. Don't forget that uh, if you want to get one of those handy badges, it's sitting in a dresser and I can't get to it. But if you want to, um, if you want to get one of those, jump on Twitter at Jay Collison. That's me. Make sure you include me and in the Unraid account. I think it's a uh, official Unraid, something like that. And show us your setup, your Unraid setup, however you want to do that. Be creative, or I'm going to take the three or four or five most creative setups. And then uh, we'll get those over to John and they'll get those mailed out to you as well. I'll contact you via, so make sure you follow me. I'll follow you and we'll contact you via Twitter. Tony, thanks for, for hanging out with us tonight. I I, <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. No, it's good to have you, good to have you here. Anything, uh, anything new in your world that, uh, that, that people might want to hear Man, about?
3: There's a lot going in our world.
0: Uh, <laughs> a lot of people may not know.
3: I work in healthcare, I work in a hospital. And I know it's frustrating to be at home and the kids and you know <laughs> so forth. but you know it's just more than you realize. you know, you see the stories out of other countries and you know follow a lot of the medical literature and it it really is in some ways you know just a, a new disease. Yeah. you know at first, we thought, you know this is what it was doing to the body and this is how to treat it and Now they're saying another way and now another way. And we just know the only way to kind of really keep things under control is you have to stay at home and good hygiene and so forth. Because, I mean, literally one of the scary things that I've had it happen to me is a guy, well, a person who lucky was doing well a few hours later on the ventilator. And, you know, first they thought it was an old people's disease. And now they're finding that, you know, it more so still is. It's pretty interesting that corona. Um, One of the biggest risk factors is male sex by far, mm-hmm. uh, risk, uh, high blood pressure, where some ways you think it'd be lung disease, but that was one of the somewhat more minor. It's uh, still in the top five, mind you, but like mm-hmm. blood pressure, heart disease. And they're looking at a few, you know, ways in which that might matter. But like I said, it's, you know, trying to keep people well, because there are a lot of facilities where, you know, Providers are dying. I mean, they literally, another one today up in New York, a critical care doctor, you know, that was treating people. He died. Um, you know, people having to ration protective gear because I don't know if that data is still current, but that if you have a person who is critically ill from Corona, that the one figure I'd read that the person doing the intubation or putting the breathing tube in to put you on the ventilator, is an 8% chance that they become infected because mm. of the procedure. Mm-hmm. And like saying, it's like luggage, man. You know, once yeah. you got it, you don't get rid of it, you know. <laughs> and you know, there Oh, is my
0: gosh. Yeah. Uh,
3: you know, so it does seem to be overkill. But as I say, you know, once people are ill and die, you can't make them undead.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I
3: mean, so to protect you and your loved ones and everything else, you know, hashtag flatten the curve.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm hoping if you're listening to this and it's, it's you know, maybe six months from now or a year from now, I'm hoping we can say we've learned a whole bunch about it and we're doing better and everything that, you know, we're, we're making some semblance of getting things back to order. And yes. so, uh, so appreciate that. Tony, thanks for coming out. We'll okay. do some post show if you're new to us. Uh, we do a little bit of post show where it's kind of anything goes. So, so hang tight if you want to stay around. Just a couple things, kind of on your way out. Don't forget if you wanna uh, if you wanna financially support the show in any way, we do have a Patreon account. If you want to follow us out there, theaverageguy.tv/patreon. We got a monthly five dollar plan. If you want to jump on that, that just kind of helps do the things that we do around here. So we appreciate that. It actually helps pay for the mobile app um, as well that we have available. So we appreciate those. And I think I have twenty three or twenty five. Supporters out there now appreciate you guys and the work that you do as, as well. We mentioned the Discord group and the Facebook group. If you want to send me an email, you can do that, Jim at theaverageguytv. Don't forget the uh, the Twitter handle of at Jay Collison to get one of those handy badges. Uh, don't forget the Average Guy the TV platform is powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high speed hosting. Let you know, and you trust. Of course, you know that's Christian, long time guy here in the community, and uh, we like what's going on over at Maple Grove Partners. You can get both web and media hosting. He basically does just about anything. Plans start as little as $10 a site. And uh, we appreciate it. If you're thinking about doing something like that, head out and check it out, maplegrovepartners.com. Thanks for coming out and joining us tonight. Again, we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. you got some extra time on your hands, come out and join us. You can always listen to the recording or find us by searching Home Gadget Geeks in any podcast app. And uh, we'd love to have you as part of the community. So with that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.